This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? Ever since I was a kid, the sea's been calling. So, I'm setting out to follow my dreams. All I need is a loyal crew. And I think, together we'd make a pretty good team. I don't work for you. I'm sensing a little bit of tension amongst the crew. Not, Not a crew. A crew. We haven't sailed together for very long, but I know we've got each other's backs. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And today it is the last Stuff We Missed of 2023. And we really wanted to squeeze this one in because if there's been one show that has come up as the most requested thing for us to review, like it's come up over and over again, people outright asking us to do it, it is Opla, the One Piece live action. <laughs> so I've heard of One Piece for years before the Netflix live action version dropped, right? And uh, that's because I have uh, my brother, I have cousins who are huge fans of the original anime. Um, and to be honest, I never thought I would ever watch it, mostly just because of how many episodes there were. It just felt like I'm never going to be able to access this world that some people get so excited about. So I feel like the live action version is exactly for people like me. I mean, obviously, it's also for the fans. And it's great that the fans of the original seem to love this as well, because I think that's high praise. But I think for people like me who want to kind of participate in the excitement of the story, but maybe have come a little too late for the original, um, this was so much fun. Um, I get I get why people get so invested in this, uh, in this sort of uh, the world that the show creates. I had the exact same thought when watching the show um, because there's always like kind of pushback when making a live action adaptation of an animated thing, right? Because the fans are like, why? Like, why do you have to ruin it or adapt it? Um, for me, I felt like this was the perfect gateway or entry point for me. Um, the series has a thousand plus episodes, like a thousand one hundred or thousand eighty eight or something like that, which is insane. Like there's no way you can start a show that has a thousand episodes already. Um, so for me, this was perfect uh, as a way to get in like an introduction to One Piece and the characters and what the vibe is all about. Um, I had no idea before this. I had known of the anime. I had never seen a single episode. I really, really enjoyed the live action adaptation. Um, I love the characters. I, I love the way the show looks, uh, the way it pops, the way it feels. Um, and, and I can see why it's a huge hit. And the second season is already coming up and has already been greenlit. You know, I, I get it as a completely unbiased, zero sentimental value or connection kind of audience. Yeah. So the reason why we missed it in the first place is because all three of us are like that, right? Like you're aware of One Piece as a cultural phenomena or you might you know, kind of know the the wanted posters as an aesthetic mm. choice. You, you get all these things. Um, but not, none of us were fans beforehand. And 
I'm kind of glad of that, partly because I think that this is a really, really sweet, adventurous show. So you don't need to be a fan of Luffy or to know any of the, the things or what even a One Piece is uh, in order to fully get into the show. Um, it's a real easy gateway in that sense also because it has is structured along those lines, right? You meet the characters, you, um, you meet the characters, you see how they get included or recruited onto the crew and then only the adventures really begin in earnest and so by the time you get to that point you're like I like these guys I hope they do well you know and I think that there is a real sincerity to the show that um, is, is a little bit hard to beat I actually think sincerity is a very good word earnestness I suppose like hmm. the show has heart um, you know it, it's if you're talking about friendships, the friendships are sort of warm and, and you know, everybody feels nice. Even the bad guys feel sort of um, caricaturish, but not, not to the point where you don't want to uh, be invested in them. Everything about the show just hits exactly the right note. Um, I also just love the the world. I mean, it's set in this this world of pirates and islands and quests and uh, a treasure that someone's after. And um, there are these little sort of, I suppose, different types of pirates and pirate communities. And then there are the Marines. And um, I love that there is a sense of a world larger than the world of the show that they've shown us so far. Um, and even if we never get there, because I don't know whether we, the live action watchers, will ever get the thousand episodes. Um, but it's nice that that exists because I think it adds a lot of texture and a lot of excitement to the world. There are these characters that kind of pop in and out of the story that, you know, they may only be there for like one episode, but they feel like there's so much uh, backing their appearance in the story. It, it, it's, it's great. It's, um, it's one of those really great world building escapades. No, actually, I, I love that you said uh, world building because in terms of world building, right, um, you know, normally when you watch like a fantasy thing or sci-fi thing, you can tell like if it's steampunk or if it's based in a, a type of, I don't know, gothic or horror, you, you know the, the genre and the type and, and where it's drawing from, something like Mortal Engines, uh, for example, or, or dystopian like Hunger Games. I don't know what kind of world One Piece exists in. Like it looks apparently it's pirate punk, and it's originated from One Piece. I was so excited to find it, out. It it looks awesome. Yeah. Whatever. If this is pirate punk, then it, it it is it is amazing because it looks normal. Like you see, like oh, they are like captains, pirates, and then you see like the the world looks a bit funny and weird and colorful, and you're like oh, okay, nice. And then all of a sudden, there's like a phone snail. Or they're like um, snail ear pods or AirPods <laughs> or whatever it is they're using. And you're like, what is happening? Like, where did this CGI thing come from? Um, and I love it. I, I, I love the world building and I love the creatures and, and the way everything functions in this this funny, trippy landscape that they've come up with. I think doing live action of um, manga or anime is always tricky because, frankly, the characters and the world often looks cartoonish. It's meant to look that way, right? The, the hair is bright. Um, the outfits are crazy. The world is, is very intense and exaggerated. But because of those things also, it can sometimes take you a little while to really get into, into the headspace to watch this. And I think that what One Piece does very well is it's unapologetic about it. So you just go in and everybody looks like this. Um, they're 
each character has a set uniform. This is just what they wear. They've got set weapons. This is just what their skill sets are. And you just accept it and roll along with it because the show is really consistent with its um, with its internal logic. Because I think once you find out that there's a rubber person and this rubber person... <laughs> became a rubber person via the consumption of demon fruit. But, oh, there's not just one demon fruit. There are other demon fruits. You know, once you accept this sort of very basic conceit of the whole thing, everything else falls into place. Actually, I love how the actors... Um, commit. Are, uh, commit. Yeah, commit to the anime vibe, right? Like uh, the actor who plays Monkey D. Luffy, who is very important, Inaki Godo. I have not seen him anywhere else before. The way he smiles, the way his eyebrows move mm. on his face. Um, I've seen posters of Luffy before. Um, and posters, I say. Like I've watched it on a wall, seen it on a wall. Pictures of Luffy <laughs> before. And he captures that sort of the huge mouth that kind of looks slightly inhuman but very anime like um Sanji is another character that actually he's a very good looking person but he manages to look like an anime character simultaneously um and I love that they do that I love that they lean into the anime roots um the the colored hair the outfits is completely uh, even the way people move right there's a sort of very cartoonish quality um Kobe um moves like a cartoon everybody leads into it so nicely that even if you don't enjoy anime, there's a kind of um, whimsical oddness to the show that I think makes it feel very unique. So my biggest question about the show was, um, do you think it's made for people like us who have not watched One Piece and it's it's like it has to be like an entry point and it's like for a fresh audience or is it made for people who are already watching One Piece? Because a lot of the show, right, hinges on foreshadowing someone who's going to show up in the next episode. So at the end of like episode one, they foreshadow who's going to show up in episode two. And then at the end of episode five, they're like, oh, look who's coming in episode six. And obviously, <laughs> you know the way it's done with the music and the, the sudden panning up of the camera. You know that this person means something to the, the law, the mythology, and fans are going to go crazy. Like, oh my God, it's, you know, it's, it's whoever. Um, but I don't know. But if it's for us, then like I... Like, I don't know like who this person is. Like obviously he's a big deal, but I honestly don't know what all the music and the big the the hoo-ha is for, right? So I was thinking about that. Like like why would anyone who's seen a thousand episodes of One Piece come back and watch this from the beginning again? Because this only covers like the first forty-five episodes of like five percent or something like that. Ivan, there was a recent supercut in which I confronted you repeatedly about this very issue, but it was just about games, right? <laughs> like, like my distinction was, why would anyone, having completed a game who knows everything there is to know about everything, why would that person need an adaptation? Like, should it not be for the person who doesn't play the game? And normally, I would let you get away with these things, but the fact, the fact that at the time you defended your position and now you're like questioning life, I can't. That is so true. I refuse to engage <laughs> no, that you is so on true. this point. That is so true. Yeah, it just answered my own question. Like, yeah, like obvious, Like of course, I would watch a live action adaptation of my favorite video game, even though I played I was, the video game. I, I was looking at you and thinking, Arvin, person who reads comic books and unabashedly loves. <laughs> Horrible adaptations ah, because you get to see a certain character pop up. Now suddenly it's like, what's in it for? What's in it for these people? That is so true. That is so true. Uh, like the nerd questioning nerds. I know. Like, why I would you consume all the content? Why would you, you do consume this? Consume one of the content. <laughs> but actually, to give the show credit, also right, um, and and this is a this is a product. I'm going to unabashedly just 
channel my brother. Um, he loves the show. And, and his rationale is that the show isn't um, doing it chronologically also. It's kind of picking up plot points and introducing characters. So I think there's some element of surprise. Um, and I think it's actually great, right? Because these things can go one of two ways. One is it's just a cash grab. It's cashing in on the existing fan base. It doesn't care whether new audiences get it or not. On the other hand, it's simplifying and flattening everything and it's only for a new audience and the fans hate it. Uh, the fact that the show actually manages to do both pretty well um, is fairly unusual and I think it's pretty great that they managed which is why I didn't want to mention any names because I was scared they would be spoilers. Um, and obviously, I know some of them only show up like episodes and episodes and episodes later. Lah. We're talking today about One Piece, uh, the live action, which we know has been a hit because we are late to the party. Um, let us know if you watched it this year, if you enjoyed it. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. What's so special about you? I'm Monkey D. Luffy. And I'm going to be king of the pirates. Gamagam! All great fighters call out their finishing moves. No, they don't. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are talking about One Piece, which we all very much enjoyed. It is a stuff we missed because we just didn't cat, uh, we didn't get to it uh, when it first came out. I want to ask you both, why does One Piece work so well even with cliches and stereotypes? Because actually listening to that clip reminded me of the, the cadence with which the, the crew talk to each other, the ways in which they poke fun at each other. And after a while, it really falls into a comfortable rhythm, right? Like that's the quality of the, the show. But I really liked it. I found it very comforting. I think it's that. The comfort actually, um, it is stereotypical, but actually... I don't mean that in a bad that, way, actually. No, no, it's I, just, I get you know, it. I get it. Yeah, um, I... I think the fact that you recognize those stereotypes and you kind of know where these characters are going to go, you have a pretty good guess how it's going to end up. And yet you still want to spend time in their company and it's fun and you want to see how they get there. I think that goes a long way. Uh, the the final episode also, I must say, um, if the rest of the show was at a 80 to 85%, for me, the last episode elevated the whole thing to 100%. Because not only did it remain, it, not only did it pay off the comfort and the sort of, oh, I recognize where the story is going to go, but it did it so well. Like I actually teared up a few times in the last episode, which I didn't expect at all. I also think it's because it's it's very refreshing to see a show that's just innocent and genuine and like you said like earnest right um so many shows and streaming services try to be like super violent or super dark this this show is is violent and kind of dark also but it's also very like light and colorful and vibey and poppy and perky um and i think it has like a positive vibe going for it which is very different from other prestige shows quote unquote or any show that comes out on netflix where it's always trying to be how depressing can you get on a scale of one to extremely depressing um, and, and for me, this was just like a fun watch. Like. It was like an over-dinner watch. I could also pause in the middle. I could come back to it. Um, just the whole vibe of it. Very, 
I don't think I've seen so much colour on a show on Netflix in a very long time. There's something to be said about the buddy adventure thing as well, because they're mm. not all likeable. Even Luffy, um, you could argue, is like a toxic positivity person. You know, that there is just a relentless quality to his. It's all good. We're going to have adventures. I want to be a pirate. And... They're all in their own ways, um, either aloof or a liar or um, another liar. And yet, despite the fact that they are, they have unlikable traits, you want to be in their company, I think. And the fact that their friendship is so warm, even if it's really just one person bulldozing a friendship through the whole group, it, it really works, I think. The, the camaraderie of the cast, the camaraderie of the gang really works. Yeah, the camaraderie really works. Each individual character is genuinely interesting and likable uh, because, you know, they each get like, it's it's that classic how the gang got together season. So each person gets their own backstory. Uh, but you like that. There's never a point at which you're like, ah, oh, I don't really care how Usopp. No, like everybody's story is interesting and is fun. Um, and even the supplementary characters, right? Like there are lots of great supporting characters. I love, I love, love, love the bad guys. Like, I mean, clearly they're all pirates um, in one way or the other. And they're so fun and so campy and so interesting. So I just think that you never get bored. And that that goes mm. a long way towards wanting to keep seeing where the story is going to go. Uh, for me, it also helped. I didn't even know about the gum gum pistol part. Like I didn't know he was rubber boy with powers. Like I didn't know what the show was about. Same. So the no. first time he he stretched, I was like, "What is happening? Yeah, like, I know. When, like, when oh did, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just it's thought also... it was Pirates of the Caribbean style until, like, yeah. you know, he started stretching. Yeah, and then same gum gum something before <laughs> yeah, yeah. he before gum he gum does his whip, <laughs> like yeah. whatever gum gum yeah. cannonball. <laughs> yeah, um, it's also funny, right? Because like in in our part of the world, uh, we're so used to like reading subtitles and watching things in its like original language, um, and we've had dub versions, and we know that the dub versions sound a bit off. So I found it a bit fascinating how you can tell the way the characters speak in the live action are based on the English dubbed version of mm. the show that Americans have watched. And there's like a cadence and there's a, there's something in the tone, in the voice that they've tried to replicate from the dubbed version. So even though these actors clearly aren't Asian for the most part, they sound like Asians being dubbed over. Um, <laughs> and I thought that that was kind of funny. Like, and it, it I don't know if it was them trying to capture like the nostalgia of that sound to resonate with fans or what, but it was obviously going for that that sort of English, quote-unquote. I find it near impossible to talk about the performances because they're not... You can't really judge it on a regular TV show performance scale, you know, or a regular movie performance scale. That's not, I think, what the actors are trying to do because the actors are trying to get at that sort of anime spirit and vibe and colour and level. And because of that, some things are... I've been saying this word a lot, but I think it applies across the show. Um, some things are cartoonish, right? Some things are exaggerated and they're meant to be and they're enjoyable to watch. Um, and so on that basis, they're good. If you're asking for, I think, nuanced or, um, I don't know, subtle or gentle performances, then maybe this is not the one. But that, but having said that, again, it's not a criticism. I think it's just what the show is. Yeah, they feel like they feel like humanized cartoon characters and I mean that in the best way. It almost feels impossible to 
talk about performance. Like, how do you say Elsa was a good performance in Frozen, right? Uh, no, but but Elsa was a genuinely interesting character, and that's how I feel about these people. Um, whether it's uh, whether it's Zoro, whether it's Sanji, I like them as characters. Uh, and maybe also because the actors are all very new actors, I can't really separate where the character and all the affects of the character ends and where the performance begins. It's like if the Looney Tunes came to life, you'd be <laughs> yeah. like a weird, like, <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. weird quirk, you know, quirky performance. Above and beyond um, Space Jam, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> um, how many seasons of this can you guys watch? Because like we've said 1,000 episodes, first 45 episodes is this season, 5%. Um, at this rate, they're going to have to compress and fast forward or make a season every year for decades if they want to catch up. <laughs> um, but let's say this is a never-ending show. Like how many seasons do you guys think you can do? I think I could do easily five to six as a as a you know easy watch. I have concerns about actors aging out because mm. I think part of the spirit of Luffy, at least for now, again, I'm speaking as like a, as someone who doesn't know anything about the show or doesn't know anything about the the Luffy verse. Um, I don't know how old he gets in the thousand episodes, but. I would be sorry to see a different actor do it. And I think his youthfulness is a big part of the appeal. I would say maybe three to four max. And that's only because I'm wondering how... So the excitement of the story in this season, the each person coming together, not quite knowing what each character is, how far can they sustain that if you are going to also have to wait a few years in between? Um, yeah, so... I feel like this could be really exciting, but not if it went on too long as live action. Same. I think I can do maybe five or six. La. I mm. think five or six is a safe, safe bet. Uh, but it will, would be interesting to see if it went on for like 10 years, where these actors are 10 years from now and how their characters relate to one another, uh, how it compares to the show. But I think for myself, five, six, I don't maybe know push... if I want like a middle-aged Luffy. Luffy. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. Like still shrieking about gum gums. You know? like, like at a certain point, at a certain point, there's a limit. Um, but we're talking today about One Piece, uh, the live action, which is a stuff we missed from earlier this year. Let us know if you watched it and enjoyed it, or if you didn't think it was all bad. We also want to hear from you. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.